0: Like how fast people dropped Alan Wake. When you plugged in... The game's
1: pretty scary. At <laughs> the end.
0: I played through it. It's pretty scary. Later. You read
1: Stephen King? Yeah, it's like that. Uh, oh, really? Picked that up, did you?
0: Thanks for the in-depth analysis of Alan Wake. <laughs> and now for a more in-depth analysis of Alan Wake.
2: Is this a game or is it real?
1: What's the difference? I played that game. I didn't do that game any favors last week. I hated what yes. I said about that game.
0: <clears throat> That's good because I hated what I said about Senate Punishment too. So this it. is the that corrective podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the redo of last week, plus a podcast.
0: So I played Alan Wake. How's it going? It's a pretty good game.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: It seems if, I, if I wrote
0: reviews, I would, you know, somewhere in my review to ruffle rifle some feathers, include the fact that I thought it was this generation's eternal darkness.
1: I don't disagree with it's that. It's exactly that, so you can't
0: disagree. <coughs>
1: <laughs> Think about it. No, I thought I thought about it while toward the end I started getting that, but you obviously picked up on it sooner.
0: Terrible models.
1: <laughs> terrible yeah. animation. Yeah.
0: A really brilliant script. Sure. Script, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, even despite the terrible animation and the terrible graphics at times, there are moments uh, that are sort of, like, synchronistic where for, like, a, 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 a scene or a cut or just, like, an image, everything will come together mm-hmm. about the game. Mm-hmm. And you'll it'll, like... Um, resonate with what the creators actually wanted the game to be. Right. And, like, the game is really just a messy game punctuated by those moments. So you're like, oh, I totally understand what they were going for, but then you have to deal with all the mess of the rest of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, Eternal Darkness, there are these moments when everything comes together, and you totally... The graphics don't look as bad. You know? It reminds me of those... um, Boy, I have no idea what they're called. You might have an idea of what, you're, what they're called since you're into design. Those like 3D lands that when you shift your perspective, they make something like an image. Oh, that's entirely yeah. Different. No, I
1: don't. I know what you're saying, and I don't. They, there probably is a name for it, and I don't know what that is.
0: Well, that's what this feels like, anyway. It feels like there are just moments when everything comes together. Yeah. And, uh,
1: but it's also interesting that both of
0: these games, I think, have way more to do with literature than every other horror game, and that's possibly also why I like it more. Because, like, okay, also... Have to try and stop saying like because I listened to our last podcast and I said like probably a thousand and one times before the first like twenty minutes were up. I have no idea where it came from. Like, 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 like,
2: like, like,
1: like, 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 like,
2: like, 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 like
0: It was like watching the hills. And uh, Eternal Darkness was all Lovecraftian, Mm -hmm. you know? And then this game's a mix of Lovecraft, it seems like, and and Stephen King. Sure. But they're both, if you think about the way they were presented, remember how much narration was in eternal darkness
1: yeah like I actual mean, voiceover yeah it yeah. was
0: it's, it's almost the exact it's almost the same amount that's in alan wake even though it's a totally different concept yeah even though there shouldn't be as much and uh yeah so i dug both of them more i think that because there's such a hybrid of video games and literature which last week we talked about and Man, I think that's the future, because I could see myself... We didn't talk about it on the podcast. We talked right, about yeah. it after the podcast. But I could see myself, and I could see a bunch of people who are really into literature and well-written things. Uh, I could play a lot of games with narration that's solidly written, like Alan Wake. And I could really get into it. I, I, I like that sort of um, exposition way more than like the really stilted attempt at cinematography that games attempts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, it's just, that's kind well, It's Sit like up.
1: you said, when it actually does the cutscene <clears throat> remove the camera from the player's control is actually probably when the game has its most awkward moments. Yeah, most definitely. By far. Did you happen to... You said you've been wandering around in the game yeah. a lot? Which I think a lot of... I don't know if a lot of people did, but I did. And obviously you, just said, you said that you did. Did you happen to note how much... Um, I guess unnecessary voiceover there is in the game.
0: I didn't intend to walk around either a lot when I played right. that game. Like
1: when you like in the very first that's funny. Sta- the very first moment you have control of the game, when you get out of the ca- when you're standing outside the car. Uh-huh. Did you turn around and go back to the tunnel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, and he's like, yeah, and, it's and he makes a just... remark about it that he wouldn't have if you didn't go back. Yeah, there. no, that's that
0: that's 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 I just totally meant to talk about that, but I totally forgot about it. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. I wonder how much of that there is in the game
1: probably a fair because I don't it...
0: really know how when I'm I mean that's really obvious because you know you're going off path mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know how many other times I went off path that I didn't realize I was off path right and witnessed some narration like that but yeah that detail is almost really... an
1: interesting thing in and of itself is like for the main journey like the actual physical quote-unquote journey of the character through the game world mm-hmm. if you're going off path and you don't know it I think that's really interesting because you don't feel like you're breaking the rules, you're just sort of.
0: You mean you think that the added narration like that is interesting because it? Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, I guess it kind of like buffers the fact that you're not playing the game the
1: right way. Right. Or it blurs it. Blurs the concept of a right way to play.
0: It also. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it also doesn't help that the. It
1: doesn't have to make
0: sense, because it's like right. a, a. Fiction.
1: Yeah. Or like science fiction. Well, but I know what you're saying. That's really, the, that's really interesting. There's there's parts in the game too where, um, like you know where you have to go. Like Alan Wake has said as much. Like I need to get to the factory, mm-hmm. and like, uh, you'll come across a thing, like let's say a lights out, and mm-hmm. you're like, I know I have to turn on this light in some way, and you start looking around for the source of how to do that. But if you go up to the light that's out, he'll say something about it. Even if it's yeah. like not hit you over the head, like, I had to find a way to turn this light on. Right. Perhaps I should search the surrounding area. In
0: the first, the, the cabin.
1: Yeah, but he does it multiple times throughout the game. Yeah. Like, you could just skip, go, you could say, I know that light's got to turn on, I'm not even going to bother walking over there, he's just going to tell me to turn the light on, Right. I'll go find the source. But, I guess the way that he reads it, or that it's presented, it's not like, it's not like a I should turn the light on. He says it sort of like, the light was out. And he right. gives like a weird, I guess, a, a literary spin on it.
0: Yeah, which is why I like the game better. so much. Yeah, it's that's that can't really be stressed enough that whoever wrote this game. I think the people who wrote the script for the game aren't the same people who wrote the pages, the manuscripts. Sure. Because the script seems really well written, and the manuscript pages seem really basic and and kind of like trite. Yeah. And kind of written, I don't know, just not very well. But the uh, yeah, it can't be stressed enough how how awesome the narration is. That's probably... I mean, I don't really like... Rare is the story-driven game that can make me play through it. You know? But uh, this one's making me want to, which is pretty pretty good.
1: Yeah. I felt bad last week listening to how I described it, because I was like, I didn't... It sounded like the game didn't exist almost, and I was just mumbling about something I thought of.
0: That's what happens when you just start playing it, you know what I mean?
1: Well, that, it's just... it's. It is a difficult game to describe, and I guess it's easier now that you've played it, because, you know, you kind of want to tiptoe around all the things that it does. Yeah. So that they're not... That they're, like, surprises when you play it. You know, yeah. Surprised at how good this is, or that this thing happened. Like, I didn't even mention... uh, I, Although I probably could have, because it happens in the first five minutes of the game, I didn't mention the tornado. <sighs> and you were like, man, that tornado really scared me. That tornado
0: was so scary. I mean, yeah. it was bizarrely scary. But I... I like I told you I frequently dream yeah about tornadoes.
1: It's a it's an ending. It's actually one of the few endings to a game that's like it's, an, it's a non-ending ending, you know? Like, things, some things get wrapped up. Some things are purposely, I guess, not explained mm. or explained poorly. But since they're releasing DLC for it and trying to do sort of a... The way I see it is keep up with it. That's always the question. The game is like season one. And then the DLC is season two. Uh-huh. Because he's in it and it's like it's assumingly continuing his experience with this place Uh I think that's pretty interesting I like it a lot well what's interesting
0: about the DLC is if they do it like you're suggesting that if the (coughs) sequel of the game is going to be season 3 and the DLC is season 2 sure then season three's existence or the sequel's existence promotes the DLC sure So that solves a lot of problems because I I remember reading a lot recently about developers and Microsoft and everyone complaining that there's like a window for DLC that if you miss it within like the first 30 or 90 days after a game's launch, it like never sells. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is smart because the next game will promote this DLC. Yeah. It's like the X-Files. Do you remember when the X-Files had the movie? And the movie occurred over the summer? Yeah. While the show was on hiatus? Yeah. But it continued the plot. Yeah, and it was explained the bridge between the two. Yeah, seasons. that's really. I mean, that's what it reminds me of a lot. Which is is it's cool because that's another thing I was going to say is that this game <clears throat> does the entire want to be a television show uh, vid- slash video game way better than Heavy Rain. Yeah. Or the other game that I never really played but watched enough of to sort of uh, vicariously experience it was uh, Alone in the Dark.
1: You've never played any of those either.
0: But the the new one with oh, the, the fire mechanic one? and stuff yeah. was done like this, where it was episodes. Like a show. And a season of, yeah. And, uh, I, I in fact, in Alone in the Dark, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think, even think you had to play that game in order. I think it was kind of like a DVD menu where you could actually just choose the chapters. Yeah. I could be totally wrong about that, but for some reason I'm remembering it like that. I'll
1: have to look it up. That sounds interesting. I think the thing to take away from Alan Wake is, like, they picked up on... <clears throat> they they It seems like they picked up on a lot of... I don't know how to put it. I guess novelties that have come up in both movies and games, at least. And I guess books, but... You know, like, Stephen King's horror is sort of a timeless horror. You can kind of read it... You can read it at any point mm-hmm. and get the emotions out of it. Same with Lovecraft. It's not really rooted in the time it was written mm-hmm. other than the language that's used a little bit. I think that the that Remedy picked up on a lot of these things like <clears throat> the way the episodes end like a lost episode yeah. or Fringe just like that last 10 seconds kind of thing. Um, Done really well. And they picked up and then like implemented it really well. And then the technical sta- the technical parts of the game is where it starts getting kind of clumsy. Yeah. Like, and I guess that's
0: that's kind of important to to note that you can really I mean like I think that we're pretty critical when it comes to games, if not critical, we're like particular. yeah, and I think that it's interesting to note that uh, if properly done, a game like this can really make you look past the like glaring technical problems it has, which is something you want from something that needs to be put out to a mainstream audience on a regular basis like a television show in order to keep the budget down like I don't really understand I don't know how much this company spent on the game I have no idea, I know it took them a long time but that doesn't necessarily speak to how much money they spent on it Um, but I'm guessing they really didn't spend as much as a lot of people think otherwise I don't know where it went I don't know
1: yeah do do you know what it was do you know what that game was supposed to be? Like originally what it what the concept of it was? An open world game? Yeah, like an open world horror game. I think that's really interesting. That it came that apparently was supposed to be that and it's one of the more directed game experiences I've ever had. Like that it went probably the accounts
0: direction. for the development time.
1: That or that and it probably accounts for some weird issues where what were good ideas in the open world game somehow like trickled through to the the directed experience. Like there are parts of the game that kind of drag. Like just traversal. Like going through nameless wood pattern number 16, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I just feel like some of those maybe they were like someone worked on it and they're like I really like this configuration of stones and logs to make it look a certain way. And we can't we shouldn't throw this out. You know?
0: I don't think you can do a a I I think that it's probably impossible to make an open-world horror game. Like I think that the experience needs to be. If you're trying to elicit anything but creativity from people, mm-hmm. the experience needs to be directed. Well, like t- if you're trying to elicit humor, right? Horror, fear. Well, fear is horror, thanks. Uh, love, whatever. I think it needs to be really directed. And an open world, all that freedom and all like the emergent gameplay that comes about—I don't know—it doesn't—it doesn't exist, coexist with with fear, with horror, I guess. But what scares you?
1: Like in terms of like horror? Yeah, me?
0: I mean. If you if you look into the things you like that are horror related, what about makes you consider them good horror? because um. for me it has like very little to do with me being afraid. It has more to do with someone like or an author, a writer, or a, a director, or whatever. Sort of like uncovering this um, really hidden possibility that like very few people have ever even considered. Yeah. You know, like I, I I can't think of a really good example now, which is embarrassing, but, uh, the myth story. Yeah. That you showed me months ago.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. What's it Uh, called? Nightwire.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, like that possibly, especially back then, there's so many things inconceivable at the time about that story Right. That that's why it's interesting to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, And like, Lovecraft's Stigon. Did you ever read that? I have not. Okay, so you know what that's about? No. Where this, like, ruined sailor shipwrecks on some, like, giant landmass. And it's just, like, a heaping mass of black mess in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I've heard this setup, but I don't know, like, the,
2: the and whole he just, plot of it.
0: He's just crawling across it for days, and there's, like, nothing but. Black mass yeah. of like oily, gooey mess, yeah. and he eventually gets to the center and he finds uh, like statues or monolith, <laughs> and a, a creature sort of emerges, and he sees it in like all of Lovecraft's stories. Just the sight of it drives him nuts, yeah. And so he like scrambles and runs as far and fast as he can before he exhausts himself and then gets washed up. Yeah, some boat rescues him, but the the mere sight of that. Island that he saw, and, and you know, the way Lovecraft describes it over you know, this very simple idea, like I just described in a couple sentences. The whole story is spent describing this island, yeah, and how bizarre it is. Mm-hmm. That's what's interesting to me. I guess the two it's things is founding that- on that one bizarre notion to the point of insane detail, right. That's that's very interesting. To that me. leaves like no shadow of a doubt that it could, yeah. Be. And that's why yeah. video games like Alan Wake I think do it kind of well because they can overload your senses mm-hmm. with like you know they can overload your what you hear, what you see. Um, there could be a narrator talking at the same time a sound is occurring, at the same time something is going on visually stunning, right? And it kind of like it's very dense.
1: And complex. Like the moment, uh, there's a there's there's several moments, but for some reason I'm thinking of this one. The one in the, <clears throat> it's either the end of the first chapter or the beginning of the second one, where you're in the you're in the apartment, mm-hmm. back in, in back in New York. The first uh, is the first flashback. There's some nice. And uh, when the lights go out, mm-hmm. there's several things that sort of happen at once when the lights go out, and that's just sort of an example of like. What else happens besides the lights going? Well, out? she screams, right, and like you're doing something. So, like as the player, you're like, "I'm going to accomplish this task," right. You're just then immediately her. interrupted by the lights going out. Yeah. So your brain's already somewhere different. Than yeah. Being on alert.
0: Yeah, that was really well directed. Now that I think about it. And then you have to find the fuse box. Right. Which, to be honest, I had no idea. Like, um, the way that scene is directed in particular, you know, you're basically su- you're you're supposed supposed to walk right to her. Right. Cuz she's right in front of you. And she tells you to put the coffee on, mm-hmm. which is also right next to her. But there's a lot of areas in the uh in the house that are like totally extraneous and have no Right. reason for being there. And the way I played the game was I just ignored her and like explored the apartment yeah, I did the same for like thing. 5 minutes. Yeah. And then I went and talked
1: to her. Because also smartly they continue to have their conversation Well, you're As looking he's around. doing these things. So yeah. They must have known that people wouldn't just go right to her and hit X or whatever. Right. So at least there's the semblance of like realism. Realism. <laughs> yeah. That you would still continue talking to this person in another room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But even after I looked around the apartment a few times, mm-hmm. I remember when the lights went off. And this is really rare that a game uh, evokes any emotion for me, but like with that stupid and part of it has to do with the fact that she's like a woman and her bird voice is annoying. <laughs> And she's, sorry woman, and she's out there screaming, you know, turn the lights on, please! Yeah. Man, did I feel compelled to find the fucking fuse box. Yeah. Like, it was a really panicked scramble to find that fuse box for that, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. I was immediately like, where did I see it? Yeah. I just felt like, where was the fuse box? And it was right near the beginning, which is more obvious than I thought about it. But uh, at the time, it was really interesting and a really directed, driven moment. <laughs> Also in Alan Wake, uh, <laughs> the mechanic is pretty good. When I watched you play it, I thought, this looks terrible, and it looks like the exact reason I don't like playing story-driven games because the actual gameplay mechanics are terrible. Do you remember, do you remember what about it looked terrible? It looked really repetitive. Yeah. And when I and think it about is. it, it is repetitive, but like you ta- like you said, the uh, visceral, the, the feedback, the feel of using the light Yeah, on the guy is so good. Yeah, that it totally blinds you to the fact. Just the
1: way that it. There's something about the. the It's a it's a mixture. The the speed at which it moves. Yeah. Because there's no, as far as I know, I never tried because I never had a problem. The sensitivity of like the movement of his hand. I never messed it either. So if there is, I never did it, but I don't think there is. Just like the speed that they picked for him to move his hand around is good. Is like just a good. It's a good feel. Yeah. It feels fast enough that I don't disagree with, like... I'm not like, he's moving it too slow. And it's not so fast that it looks unrealistic. He doesn't, like, snap to things. And I think it's the sort of, like... In the context of the game, obviously, it's light versus dark. And it's, like, the light beam... At least in the universe of the game, and in in the real world, too. You know, a flashlight goes really far. Mm -hmm. So you sort of feel like wherever that flashlight ends... That's the extent of my control, mm-hmm. or my power in this world. Sure, yeah. So you feel like you have this giant like beam of like yeah. power, and you're just like, this is... Anything in here, I control it, Yeah, because I have this flashlight. I totally agree. I just... That's, I think... Right. And then just like the the way it sort of... I don't know if it's a zoom in or if it's a fisheye, because it does that weird sort of like, where he gets bigger, but mm. the, the distance yeah. gets further. I forget yeah. what they call that, rack focus, if I remember... That effect when you when you boost it, sure, yeah, boost the light. Yeah, it just it feels good. It, like it feels like you're actually affecting something. It's like it's a lot
0: of different things, like contributing to that feel. You know,
1: it's all those things
0: contributing to that. Maybe feel. that's what
1: they spent a lot of time on. They it just want, be, they I mean, wanted like, to make it feel
0: good. When I've you heard it. I've heard very few people talk about that, but it makes a lot of sense to me because, I mean, I could see them. Well, I've seen plenty of story driven games be boring as fuck.
1: Yeah, mechanically. And so I, I don't a lot want of interesting to be to the combat, like how the last enemy of a group will trigger that slowdown. Like if you kill an enemy, it slows down a little bit for them to do like their their tumble, like and they melt into sparks or whatever. Right. But and I don't know if you noticed, but anytime you're faced with a group of enemies, the last one you kill it does the full slowdown for like a couple seconds to let you know this is it. Oh, I never noticed that. So to that. do like that sort of cinematic like last enemy and he's like tumbling over something. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that. That means you're done fighting that group.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Something else that was really funny is that while I was playing the game when they first, uh, when you're first going through the first two stages I think before they give you the mechanic with a graffiti that's like, hey, try and find all the hidden extras. Oh, the hidden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when I had the flashlight I was like, Boy, it would be really cool if there was some sort of iridescent that glowed under the light of my flashlight that I could, you know, yeah. use to find this. It's it's not the same thing, but it's kinda like it reminds me of like a Metroid Prime thing. In a stupid way. And it is it's I don't know, that's just me personally. Where you're just like searching the environment for things mm-hmm. with your scanning visor. Yeah. And then, you know, like lo and behold, within like a half hour of wanting that, they just give it to you. Yeah. That was pretty interesting. Like that was a really solid move, because that for some reason i I can't even explain why I couldn't explain why if I told you that sort of thing on paper sounds like something that I would hate, but in the game it's done so that I really enjoy it i I don't know, it's sort of an anomaly, and I guess I, the I,
1: way you could explain it is like <clears throat> in the context of that game, it's appropriate, yeah, it like is when very you appropriate. see it, you're like, oh yeah, like it's not it's not like an oh I'm it's like, oh yeah, of course, there'd be some kind of like maybe that's the point thing. Maybe that's the point of the game.
0: That everything within the game works as well as it does in its relation to everything else. That it's like a very cohesive thing. Yeah. And that's why it's so good. played some game called Looming.
1: Looming? Yeah. Oh, you said Loomy, which is a game I'm going to talk about. I thought that was weird.
0: What's this game?
1: Loomy? Yeah.
0: L-U-M-I? Oh, weird. Yeah, it's a Xbox. <laughs> it's really weird. It's an Xbox indie <laughs> game. Oh, I saw game. that game. Did you play it? No, I, had no I, I didn't want to, but it obviously is interesting if it got... It's
1: pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I've heard people, or I've seen people talk about What's it. About. What's Looming? Looming is like, uh... Looming's really... Looming like uh, a <laughs> looming shadow? Looming? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, it, it's, it's like a... It's a Flash game from an overhead perspective. Um, you're like a really, really tiny... It's all black and white and you're a very tiny stick person. Okay. And you're just going across this landscape in this world of, I guess, it's looming. And uh, you're kind of just an explorer exploring this very very black world and the landscape is pretty much entirely black with the occasional like giant bone or giant wheel Mm -hmm. that's broken and collapsed that you're walking around and under um, whose shadows looming over you and everything around you and you're just basically going around finding literally pixel size items (laughs) right? and adding them to your inventory and sort of putting together a narrative by just exploring the world. OK. And you it's interesting, uh, the way the game works is I, I started the game up, it drops you into this vast blackness, and there's no real telling what to do, there's no real, no real knowing what you're supposed to do. And I exited the game right away, yeah, by mistake, because I, what I was walking into was a portal of sorts. yeah, and I thought it was an item or whatever. When the game first starts, uh, a letter is written to you or from you to someone else. I I totally forget, Mm -hmm. or I haven't discovered yet. And um, when I exited the world the first time, I reloaded the game to play it again. And when I reloaded it again, I got another letter. So the game sort of assumed, or not assumed, but took it like me leaving and me coming back. There was a day time difference between that those events, mm-hmm. and the world persisted, sure outside of me playing the game, so I got another letter, the following quote unquote day that I play the game right um so I wonder how long that goes on, like how long you could continuously exit and enter the world and keep getting new letters because it That's really weird. has no it really has no um effect on the actual game mechanic, which is just walking around and finding things, sure it's just like a story that occurs outside of the existence of the game but it's equally important to the game it's kind of it's it's really interesting it kind of forces you to quit and enter the game
1: a few times if you want to get that part of the story it's a weird mechanic to like (coughs) go down that rabbit hole
0: yeah especially because it doesn't really seem like the game is very long although i never finished it but it's uh it's a really just like ambient zoned out game you know what i mean um it's I hate adventure games. They're like the worst genre ever. All those stupid LucasArts games, everything is fucking ridiculous. But the only one that I ever wanted to try and play was Loom. Which oh. is interesting because this game's called Looming, and that's part of the reason why I gave this one a try. But this is the way that I like them done. Yeah. It's almost like Eco or Shadow of the Colossus where nothing is said about anything. Sure. And you're just sort of exploring everything.
1: Hopefully, that's uh, like what Journey will be. And I was thinking
0: about this by myself a couple of days ago, and, and you tell me what your take on this is. I was, I don't know if this is right, it, it may or may not be, but I just came up with the notion that um, abstractness is like a necessary quality of video games.
1: Like lend them some kind of impact, you mean No, just like it
0: should be and video games are abstract, and the the less abstract and more realistic they get, they're less a video game and more a something else that's yet to be defined. Sure, do you think that's right? I don't know've been it's been something that's been like rolling around in my head for a week, and I've kind of been trying to like attack it from myself. To see, oh, yeah, I don't know how I would start my. A, I don't know how I would start it.
1: my thought process on that because the first, there's two things I could do right away and go, okay, what are my favorite games, and then weigh how abstract those games are. Right, and then I or I could do and or I could go, okay, what's the most literal game? Not literal as in literal, like the most I guess photo real for lack of a better term. Okay, the closest game to reality, like Uncharted 2, or Heavy Rain, or
0: just cause. Do you think that is or no?
1: I don't think just cause well just cause isn't rooted in reality other than it depicts human it depicts human beings and like things that are in the world. Okay. But like you say just cause 2, I remember the fact that I surfed a seven forty seven into a mountain. <laughs> right. That's so that's out the window. <laughs> right. But so But it's so still I would take, I would, I would try to sure. so it's
0: realistic from one angle. So like
1: okay, so maybe that or like Grand Theft Auto Four Which doesn't really do anything too extreme right it's all pretty grounded and I would take those games and go okay how do I feel about those games and for the most part it would be I don't really like them right and then be like why don't I like them right and then I try to analyze is it because they're too literal is it because the mechanics are boring are the mechanics boring because it's too literal like yes (laughs) Yeah. That's the end of the that's the end of the thought process that I that I eventually
0: got to. I was like, well, the more rooted in reality it is, the more ungame like it is so by, is by it, a sort yeah, of definition. So if
1: something is rooted in reality, does it does it poison or inform? I guess inform would be the positive word. Poison would be the word I'd probably want to use. Poison all the other aspects. Because this mechanic isn't fun because it's grounded in reality, and if it weren't it might be more fun. Yeah. Is the story not is the story not good? because it's too literal, and I'm not interested in anything because there's nothing for me to be interested in. Yeah. Like, there's no mystery or puzzle, either in the story, or just for me to, like, like eco, where you're like, I gotta figure out what's going on here. Uh-huh. As much as I can. And what I can't, I'll just fill in. Right. And well, whatever I fill in, I'll like, because I'll just make up something I like. I was, I was thinking about it
0: like video games are just... A form of interactive art, mm-hmm. and if I compare them to a period or a type of painting, like Cubism, sure. Uh, there are traits that are like inherent to Cubism that, if you look at a painting that is, and one that isn't, they're very clearly, they very clearly are or aren't. Right. Right. And uh, that's kind of how I started thinking about video games what or what we call video games or what we
1: have been calling video games. Is like assigning It just seems to I me guess that, not assigning them periods because they're so young, but
0: No, I you exactly. have more like styles? Uh I think Like there would
1: be a not cubist, there'd be a Cubist style of game. We wouldn't call it that, but there more, would be a group of games that like adhere to a kind of aesthetic.
0: No, more of what I well more of what I mean is everything that we've more of what I'm trying to say is more everything that we've known to be a video game up until this point mm-hmm. is sort of just like a period in interactive art. Sure. Okay. And it's going to end, or I think it's ending right now actually. And there's a new period coming around that's a bit more cinematic and realistic and blah 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 blah. Right. You know, it's sort of like people can still po or people can still create Cubist paintings. They're just not in vogue. Right. And not necessarily as popular as they once were. Sure. And I think that's like what's happening to video games where there will always be people making the video games that we'd like. But the things that are being made now, like Uncharted 2 for example, like you said, mm-hmm. aren't quite video games. No. They're just not.
1: They're not. But it's like or what do you call else? them? I don't know. Without making up some industry like you have or to some make... like salesman buzzword. Yeah, I know exactly. That's that's the that's the goal for
0: anyone. Someone has to come up with a name—it's as stupid as Cine Games," you know. Yeah, which sounds like a cinema. Which was game. the
1: first thing, like, which is the first <laughs> bullshit thing I spit out, and you were like, "Exactly." Yeah, that was like the second thing I thought. Like. Right? It's—it's it's <laughs> like someone's
0: going to have to be the devil and just say something that sticks. You know, we're already coming up with stupid terms for everything, like "pre LC." Yeah, why can't we just figure something out? I, I think that I think the I think. Personally, I think it has to do with the fact that no one's attention is brought to the fact that these things that are being made right now aren't video games. But they're not. Once enough people start paying attention to the fact that these things aren't video games, someone sitting in their room all day is going to come up with something that's clever enough to be taken on by the majority and be like, yeah, that's acceptable. Yeah. games, it is. (laughs) games. So Looming's a really good game, and um, it's on Newgrounds if anyone wants to play it. Then I played a game called Red Remover, a very simple, paintbrush-made-ish looking game. And your goal is to remove all the red blocks from the screen. Okay. And it starts very simple, I think literally, with just having a red block on the screen. (laughs) You remove it by clicking it. And then they introduce other blocks that can't be removed from the screen. Okay. So they start building uh, really simple constructions that are dependent on the blocks that whose stability is dependent on certain blocks
1: oh so if it has some physics to it then right yeah. Okay.
0: it 's to- pretty much totally physics driven game, and um, you removing certain blocks puts others in danger mm-hmm. etc, and then they start introducing like really simple machinery, like the most base machinery, like ramps oh, weird. to the game, and um, then they start introducing gravity, so every the blocks all have faces on them and whatever way the faces are oriented is the way they're going to fall when the object by them is removed wait
1: I think I did play this
0: it's pretty interesting it's pretty, I did play th- it reminds uh, me of boom blocks
1: is it is it where is it something where you have like two green ones and you have to say it, like those can't fall right yeah I did I, play, I played this a long time ago
0: really yeah it might be really old it doesn't look like it's really new there's nothing necessarily
1: yeah I did play this a while ago then there's another one that I oh I can't. When You think said of the another. arrow thing about the way they fall because like some of there's gravity, but like some will fall up, right? And some will fall to the left, and they'll like if they like so, uh, it got complicated where that, you have to like collide, right? And stay, and they just like their gravitational forces causes them to just pin against each other and stay there. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's cool. It's clever.
1: I like I, I played probably like 20 levels
0: of it before I got there's a lot of le- there's like 40 yeah. some odd, and yeah. there's a weird unlock. Or achievement or unlockables, part to the game. Oh, really? Where like every ten levels he gives you something. Like uh, I thought it was really it's it's worth mentioning. Uh, After beating ten levels, they play like a Morse code message, Mm -hmm. and it says, "I am communicating to you in Morse code." And that's it. He never translates it. I I don't know who has. I would like to, but I didn't have the time or didn't want to put the effort into doing it. (laughs) And like the next unlockable is different faces on the blocks. Oh, weird. So, that's kind of cool. But then there's another game that's just like it, and I don't know if it's (laughs) done by the same guy, but it was, um... And I forget what it's called now. Cut something. Cut... I don't know. Boy, this is really... We're thorough at this podcast. Um, (laughs) It's the same exact game, except you have the ability with your mouse to slice the blocks. So that just adds another layer of complexity to it. I'm sure if you search Red Remover and then Cut, you'll find it for people who don't know how to use the internet. (laughs) Um... And then I played uh Galga Legions. <laughs> Actually, I've been playing Gallagal Legions probably the most this week. And uh, you wouldn't tell by me just playing it right now. But uh, it's a really intense game. So you just played it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, What was your take on that zone?
1: Um, If I had like a... Here's, a, here's the only way I can probably describe... You know, to, that? If I had been taking notes and I had a <laughs> notepad and I was right. writing down the thoughts that occurred to me while I was watching it. Uh, for some reason it reminded me of... This and this has this it only has to do with the style. It reminded me of um, Ace Combat. Which is like the the woman like talking about like mission programming and like the line art and like the glowy neon and stuff. Which is a good thing. So but that's just Namco. It just oh yeah. It struck me as like having that sort of style. Yeah. Um The other thing I was thinking watching it was uh you you and I have talked about not on this podcast, I don't think, but you and I have talked about what would... Oh, like, what's the problem with taking a vertical shooter and making it fit to a widescreen TV? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, would would that break the game? Sure. Like, how would they accommodate for that? And having watched Space Invaders and Galaga both do it, I think pretty successfully, I don't see why anybody couldn't make a a vertical shooter on a widescreen format. Mm Mm-hmm. Without having to rotate your screen, so I thought that was like it looked really well done. Right. I didn't feel like I was having to move; it was like too far or whatever. Right. Translating a vertical to horizontal is probably
0: impossible. Well, but, yeah, but
1: yeah, you couldn't take something that currently exists and yeah. do it, but making one from scratch. If yeah. they made one, like if Cave wanted to make a vertical schmup from scratch on a on a widescreen format, I have every confidence they would be able to do it, and it wouldn't be a problem to play. It might
0: even lend some interesting ideas to the genre. Yeah. By virtue of them having to accommodate the screen having that much I real know.
1: estate to cover with the ship.
0: Yeah, like fast, like alternating speeds. Yeah. Or something, I don't know. Uh
1: I like the skins thing. I think more games more redos of classic games should have things like that in it. Yeah. Like skinning. That like is a cool graphics. aspect of the game for
0: sure. Uh unlockable too.
1: Yeah. I liked it. It looked good. Like I said it was like res in a way, because it was like you have those
0: Yeah, that was a really weird thing. I never played a lot of Galaga. I
1: never played a lot of Galaga. The original. So I don't remember if this was a mechanic and I don't think it was. Where you have like the leader ship or whatever you want to call it. No. That's either the first ship in a chain of ships or the last ship in a chain of ships. There
0: wasn't one that would start a chain of destruction, but there was like a leader ship. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, where if you kill that one you get a bonus multiplier. Yeah. That's... I guess you get a bonus multiplier for any of them, but or is it only that one? It's... No, it's only those because the smaller ships charge the bonus. <laughs> no if if
0: you're like. if it's it the way the game works is if you're you can kill as long as you have the chain meter still there as mm-hmm. long as the chain meter still exists and you kill little ships mm-hmm. you're still getting the sixteen or the whatever multiplier oh but if you kill the leader. the leader and the if you kill a leader the more ships around him yeah that explode yeah multiply by that 16. Right, okay. So you want to kill the leader. he
1: destroys his, like, group right. with him. And it seemed like, um, like when the lines come in and they're basically showing you, here's the path of the ships you're about to face. Right. And either, it was interesting because it was either they'll follow it from off screen and come in, or they'll start on screen and mm-hmm. go out following that path. Right. But there was no way really to tell what was going to be, how it was going to do it. But it seemed like there would be you know, some man somewhere had the perfect run constructed, and was like, if someone gets all these leaders as fast as possible, oh, right. given the way we set it up, it play the sound effects in a way that is semi-musical, mm, and will mean. look synchronized on screen.
0: Yeah, you were a lot more interested in the sounds than I was. Mostly probably because <laughs> I play the game on mute a lot, to be yeah. honest.
1: But like, it looked like there was definitely a desired end result that some designer wanted, where the action on screen looks synchronized in a way, hmm. kind of like Res, and that's, yeah, that's I what how, you're I, how I came to that.
0: I think, as with like all really good games, or what I define as good games, there's a way to play through the game that could probably be considered like perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And that, like, it's and it's also to make it good, or to make it what I consider to be good, it has to be almost impossibly are almost impossible to attain. Right. Which is how I viewed this game. But I always thought this game uh, was... kind of a mix. Like, I've always wanted to see an arena shooter mixed with a tower defense game. You know, like Geometry yeah. Wars mixed yeah. with tower defense. Which is probably the only thing they can do to Geometry Wars 3 to make it interesting. Right. But <laughs> uh, Galga Legions reminds me a lot of a tower defense game.
1: Yeah, I can because, see that. I mean, it's like deploying a Deploying those cannon
0: those cannons it's like a rapid fire tower defense game mm-hmm. where the wave they're even called waves but i'm sure they were called waves in galga but where the waves come like every couple seconds and the faster you kill the waves the less time you have to think about the next wave right and not only so there's that strategy of placing your cannons around the stage to sort of like act as stationary as turrets basically but then like the whole game when you're trying to like one credit it you have to memorize everything. Yeah. I mean, it gets to the point where you have to basically memorize all the patterns. Like yeah. we, like you said, the lines are traced on the screen. Yeah. But the enemies spawn so fast, they're almost useless in the later stages. So you have to basically memorize the entire game's process and the entire game's setup. It's almost
1: waves. more like a Rorschach test where you just have to remember... Okay. General. That pattern means this is going to happen. Exactly. Then that's all you remember. For sure. That's
0: most definitely. You like that's exactly how you play the game. Like when when you get really into it, it's basically just a vague general shape that you see. Right. Means that you place the turrets in this area on the screen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah
1: death smiles talk that
0: happened or else. I heard death smiles on every podcast I turned. To. I couldn't even get away from it
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah I feel the same way about sin and punishment too man
1: nobody talked about sin and punishment too man I was and if they did it was in a way that was detrimental to the game
0: yeah it was either really dismissive or like even if it I don't know Well, I, I, the more the longer we do this podcast the more I'm coming to the understanding that cocky as this sounds this is the only podcast that's talking about these games yeah
1: well, if he With ever if he, if he ever hears this, because I really cause like I said, I felt bad what I said about him in that gaff thread. Garnet ever hears this. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he. I'm sorry, man. You were not the guy to be talking about that game. Yeah. You were just not the guy. To it's talk, almost but, like don't talk about but it. But he's the only. I guess I since he's the only guy that played it. Yeah. More, more power to you for buying that game. Hopefully you bought it, and didn't get it, and supporting sure that company, supporting Treasure. But uh, he was not the. Pre- I don't know who would be that, but though, like, who's the person? That... Me? You? <laughs> you? You?
0: I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I I don't know. Uh, actually, Ray Barnhold from One Up
1: did a really good review of it. Yeah. How's that? Go? Are you? Uh, he's so the been... only
0: reviewer that I like. That he's here right now on a mainstream site that reviews these games. He reviews every. He reviews every shmup.
1: Every, and a like, confident man.
0: Yeah, and he does it in a really good way. Unlike that, Death miles we re- <laughs> review. We read on Kotaku,
1: which. They gave it to the guy, the Japanese guy cuz he must he must play the shmups.
0: It was basically like reading an edge review. It was like reading the back and of the I, box. And how in, yeah, it was like reading the magic box. Uh yeah. Yeah, it was really
1: bad. So you still like that game, I assume? Yeah, it's better. It's better. It's way better. Did you find did you ever figure out the what magical it is? I mean, is it cuz you're playing on hard now? I
0: could have come to the con- I could have realized everything that I realized uh in in a, in a, in a, in a it just would have taken me longer but yeah. uh, the magic ingredient was was, was definitely <laughs> you know like that was just as with most things yeah. it was basically just an illuminating moment playing that game and smoking and uh, yeah that's just what it was an illuminating moment uh, I came to respect or admire that game and treasure way more than I ever did or have before um, when I originally I remember on last week that's why we called it the Corrective Podcast. I remember I said a few good things about it, but just as many not-so-good things about it.
2: If yeah, I you weren't sure. I it just wasn't, wasn't
0: sure. You yeah, know, I didn't play it enough. I don't know. But, uh, like you made note of when we were playing, I think you can, I can say this without any fear of just my fanboyism for Treasure coming out and mm. affecting this opinion. Excuse me. This opinion, but, um, I really think that they're the only ones to do a good job of taking the Wii's unique controls and applying them, using them to their full advantage for a hardcore game. Yeah. And, you know, you can argue for days about what hardcore means, but uh, let's not. They're the only ones who've done it right. And they've done so by sort of... making a good example of every genre in what has been considered hardcore games from the very beginning of video games. I'm taking those and putting them into this game like 2D fighters, um, 2D brawlers, R-type shmups, Gradius shmups, Bullet Hell shmups, a lot of shmups obviously because that's in its heart what it is. I guess
1: maybe platforming. I don't know.
0: Platforming slightly. uh, Well what would you consider for platforming? Well, there's a later level uh, that, that you didn't see, but it's a lot more, plat- more platform intensive. When you're riding on three, you're riding on three, or it might actually be six. It might be a lot, but I'm only thinking three in my head. Um, you're riding on different trains, okay? Okay. And a beast is chasing you, mm-hmm. so you have a rear view, basically. Yeah. Of this beast chasing your trains as they move down a track. And as he shifts from tracks left to right, you have to run. On these trains from left to right, okay. and because you're moving so fast, the game limits how much time you can spend in the air, so you're forced to actually stay on the ground. So it is a lot more platform intensive, and you have to basically just like run forward, slash the train's um, connector, yeah. and then watch as it hits him in the rear view. And that's how you defeat him. Oh, weird. So, but yeah, you're limited. Your your air use or your jetpack use is limited because of the speed you're moving. So, yeah. so in that way, it's a lot more platform. And there's Panzer Dragoon moments that are really good and Star Foxy moments that are really good, but uh, one of the most amazing things that, like, I didn't even think about the first time I played the game, the first time I played through the game, was that racing level. Which, you know, for all intents and purposes, is a hybrid of racers and shooters. Which is one of the more unique and, and sh- I don't know, I, I should have thought of that yeah. genres. Like I mean, especially you and I, I, I can't fathom that we haven't considered a racing slash MUP hybrid at one time or another.
1: I've only and, considered and that's, what would it be, and, and like my brain just hits like a brick wall. And it's
0: like yeah. I don't know. You know, and they've, they've they've actualized it. Yeah, and you know, you're like, talking about
1: the level that was because I mean I don't know them apart because you kind of jumped around, but uh, you were like on a highway. Yeah, and it was like in a desert
0: Sandblasted highway.
1: Yeah, and like you hint, ha- you came off the. There was one point where you came off the highway and, like, hit a- hit across, like, some dirt... Like, the highway had collapsed. Right. And, like, you hit, like, some desert part, and then eventually you got back on to, like, another right. part of the highway. And the way... I remember remarking, this has nothing to do... Well, maybe it does. This is nothing... Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with the-, the two... Those two genres coming together, but... The camera work in the whole game seemed pretty good, but they're especially, like, managed to change perspective drastically. Drastically. But without being... Jarring to the experience, like yeah. you're just like this is of course this is where the camera's going because the way they have set it up, you want it to go that way, right? And you're like, yes, thank you for giving me access to where I want to be already. And
0: that's that. A lot of that has to do with the Wii's controls. Like this is the first time sure. I'm saying that the Wii's controls afforded but, something and it's, good. But I mean, game. like,
1: I mean, to explain it maybe better to someone who isn't quite grasping it or hasn't seen the game or whatever. Like in Mario 64. You control the camera with the C button, the C buttons, but they called it the C button, the four yellow arrows. And if you had the camera looking at Mario, looking out, basically looking out at you or looking ahead, Mm -hmm. and you wanted to get it back around him, and you were like left, left or right, right to spin it, it was like a really fast, you know, whoop, whoop. And it was kind of jarring for, I don't know if it was the speed or if it, I don't know what it could be. Because like I'm sure there's a whole science of camera movement
2: yeah. in games. Right.
1: But there's a there's a, a split second there where you're out of the game and you're like, oh, I got to re I reconfigure my how I'm looking at this world. Sure. Really quick. And for some reason in Sin and Punishment, and a game as frantic as it is, you could probably forgive it for some crazy camera action if it had any. Right. But the fact that it doesn't, like it just for some reason there no, was that's... just like a moment where I was like, they must have really. How to make sure you were never confused, yeah, and you were never like lost of like, man, I don't understand the perspective here, and right? right. I don't understand where I'm at.
0: It's brilliant in that way. You're you're totally right. I, I honestly hadn't even considered <laughs> it.
1: That and that uh, level reminded me of Sand Ocean. In fact, many, that
0: was, that was zero, the other right? thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. guaranteed. That's the exact same thing. it Reminded me of. Um, another thing that I wanted to say that was, or I wanted to give Treasure credit for was, man, their bosses really. They have a lot of personality. And, like, more specifically, they're inorganic bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, their organic bosses are kind of like a letdown to me. Almost like if I, I would suggest that if Treasure had a weakness, it would be constructing organic bosses. Uh, they're like mechanized bosses, all have way more personality. And, um, yeah, they just have way more personality than their uh, organic counterparts. Like, it's. Amazing to me the amount of personality, in fact, that Treasure can put into a machine with (laughs) like very subtle, almost unnoticeable animations. Yeah, you know, because like it really like reminds me a lot of when you were really young playing Super Nintendo shmups or anything sixteen bit shmups. You know, the game the game designers had to elicit a lot of emotion or a lot of character out of, like, a few pixels. Sure. So they really knew how to do it. You know, they knew how to evoke uh, something out of you. They knew, they knew how to suggest that this monster was really angry. Yeah. Or really slothy. Or yeah. really slurgy. Yeah. Or really jerthish. Like, whatever. Just they, weird, just, like,
1: non-words. but Yeah, like,
0: non-words, but they could communicate it to you yeah. via this, like, really simple thing. And they, they, they continued to do this in this game, like the uh, the wall boss... With that, uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was a wall boss whose core is hidden or shielded by several sliders.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, meet yeah. in the middle, sort yeah. of like teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I
0: don't know. You have to really see this. I wasn't really
1: paying. It. I was when you when we got to that part. I was watching you more than watching around you, yeah, like around the character. But then you pointed it out, and then I couldn't stop staring at this, yeah. like. Mouth, mouth, <laughs> Just, that it just opening like opened and, and closed, <laughs> but it was it also did it in a way that was like like uh almost like fingers oh, right. on a table where it's just like come on
0: impatiently, come on, right, totally. come
1: on,
0: yeah, it evoked <laughs> so much like response from such a simple thing, and that's like it's it's interesting to me, I mean, as long as the person playing it has a sort of imagination, it's interesting how much you can evoke with such simplicity, yeah, and like that is an art that is long lost in video games you know long lost like you really need like look at what it took to get you to feel something about Uncharted 2 like that train sequence I'm not saying it wasn't well put together yeah but I mean it was another kind of beast I mean it was complex the camera was crazy there were just moments that you were thinking to yourself is this a game yeah and that's why I didn't like it because I was thinking to myself all the time is this a game yeah I'd rather stare at walls of enemies coming at me Um, who barely have any personality (laughs) other than what I inject them with. But yeah, that game is really good, man. And I've been trying to do it on hard, and it's like a totally different game. They definitely infused the Gradius game with a lot more bosses than it would typically have. Like, there were several bosses... It it feels
1: like it's more focused on... Just the, I guess, I don't know how you, like, the emphasis isn't put on the mow down waves of enemies to get to the boss. It's more, gosh, I don't know how to put it, I guess. But, like, more navigation. Like, you're dealing with the level as much as you're dealing with the enemies. Yeah, see, I would think And, like, about level, it. is it five or six, where it's that, like, green gas in Gradius 5? You're really not fighting anything. No, you're it's You're just, just surviving. An and yeah. you're figuring, you're basically navigating a rotating puzzle Yeah, exactly. with your ship. Total. It's total
0: management of obstacles, like obstacle management with your lasers. Right. So, I'm, but like what I'm saying is, like, field. they're
1: they're not interested in just sort of being like, cave, who's just like throw a bunch of enemies on screen and deal right. with that in a way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, that's why I always thought, and I know there's no truth to this whatsoever, but you know, Shattered Soldier was a lot like a treasure game. Yeah. Not that I thought Treasure made it and didn't tell it. It Had like a feeling or a sensation that it was like a
1: Tribute to treasure,
0: or you know, just a nod to treasure, or like an homage, because or
1: somebody, the level designer, whoever, like for some reason, was like, For this game, I'm going to look at treasure games, right? And take inspiration from those, yeah. It's very,
0: and inspiration is another way of looking at it, yeah. It was just, it's very obviously there, yeah. You know,
1: like Um, if they were trying to pick a motif for the the style of level, and everyone hated
0: it. For that specifically. like If you look at the reviews that hated Shattered Soldier, they hated it because of the boss run. Or the boss parade style to it.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: not something... I I don't understand. I love it. I don't
2: really I don't understand
1: why that matters. Yeah, I don't really... You're still shooting. For sure. You're still hitting things. Like the worm train. Like that's a whole... It's not the whole level, but it's most of that level. Yeah. You're still... It's a worm train or it's a bunch of small enemies. You're still doing the same thing. You're still doing the exact same thing. (laughs) It's It's just.
0: It's a weird... Uh, flavor that people don't like. I can't. Explain I think it's it. because
1: it's pr- it's more like antagonistic. Yeah, it's I think not it- like you're not you're not destroying like swaths of enemies. Right. It's like you're fighting one thing. That when it kills you, you're like son of a
2: bitch. I would agree
0: with that a hundred percent. I would I would say that I would also suggest that it's well, yeah, you you, you pretty much just put it right <laughs> when you said antagonistic. I was gonna say it seems more <sighs> threatening. Yeah. Um are scary. Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to fight this big thing. Even yeah. if it's not much of a challenge, it looks it. Right. You know? Or it's so long, it seems like it's going to take forever. Yeah. Not like, everyone the,
1: wants to sign up the, for that. The note on the difficulty, we were playing it on normal. Did I play it on normal? Or easy? I don't,
0: we played both, but I don't remember which one. I think you had it on
1: normal.
0: I don't remember. Yeah. But
1: you had me play, like, I don't know what I played. It was most of a level, but there was the. I'm assuming was the last boss of the level in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Where he goes through phases. Sure.
0: The te- uh, the submarine thing.
1: Where he kept changing into things, like he was Did like, it look the, like he was the do-
0: ship but underwater. That's... No,
1: he was the whales. Oh, and then he okay, was like yeah. the big tentacle monster, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. he was like something else. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, like I didn't great. feel I was just I don't know. It's just progress. Like I don't it know blends I so
0: many different genres of the same kind of game. Like every kind of game that's shooting.
1: I didn't. Oh, what I was gonna say is I didn't. I didn't find it overly difficult because every time I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I just need to learn this man's tricks. Right. So, like, normal's probably really well-balanced for me, who's not... I'm not a big glutton for punishment, and I'm certainly not a big glutton for punishment of the treasure variety. Sin and punishment? I'm just saying, I think normal's probably... tuned well. Like, it seemed tuned well. It wasn't like, fuck, impossible. It was just... If I do this enough times, sure, I'll get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I like that. I, I I think it's very similar to um, gradient or not gradient, I'm sorry, Ikaruga in, mm-hmm. in its difficulty tuning. Yeah, like it's it's very Ikaruga jumps the same amount. Yeah, between difficulties. Yeah, of difficulty but uh it's yeah like
1: in I, their office it's like hard's the actual game.
0: Oh, I'm sure yeah. Well, it's another game at least.
1: Easy's because it's on the Wii. Normals because we had to make a normal. <laughs> Hard <laughs> is the game. Like right. hard's the real
0: <laughs> I wouldn't I was thinking about it and I also I wouldn't feel bad saying that this game is to what Sin and Punishment 1 I'm sorry. This game is to Sin and Punishment 1 as Mario Galaxy 2 is to Mario Galaxy and that this game is like a perfection of the formula mm-hmm. and a total um like a showcase yeah of ideas that is really fun and competent and like good to play. Yeah. It somehow is both. It's a showcase of ideas and it works out. It works well.
1: Do you know when Radiant Silvergun came out?
0: I wanna say ninety seven.
1: Do you remember when the Saturn died?
0: I wanna say ninety seven.
1: You think most of Treasure's, like, really good games are at the end of every system's life cycle? Wasn't Alien Soldier pretty late into Genesis?
0: Yeah. It didn't even come Ikaruga
1: out. Ikaruga was pretty late in Dreamcast. Yeah. This is... I, I'm not sure... I don't know if, if it's late, but this is... I've always thought that. This is four years after the Wii came out?
0: I've always thought that. I've always thought that exact same thing. Sin and Punishment 1 was the same way. It came out in 2000, if I remember It's It was pretty correctly. late. Which is pretty late for the Nintendo 64. Um yeah, I always thought that's the exact thing. And I always wondered if it had to do with... Uh, or why they did that. And part of me wants to suggest that it's because they spent all that time yeah. figuring out the ins and outs of the system. It
1: wouldn't surprise me. I can't... Mean, what else are those guys doing?
0: Well, they're really working not, on like one game a time. If not generation. working
1: on one game at a time. Yeah. But I mean, like...
0: Radius 5 came out late, too. Fairly late. too 2 will never die, apparently. But yeah, Fairly late. late.
1: Yeah. Well, not if not late... Several years after the console has been out, and it's the company's only one of only you know one or two games. I would the say season. after it peaked. After yeah. PS2
0: peaked.
1: It wouldn't surprise me. Like some people would be like, "No, this that's ridiculous." It's like, well, it's not that ridiculous when you consider how right everything is in a treasure game, like so how you, balanced
0: it is. I think. So are you suggesting that the Wii is coming to an end?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. Is like it, I can't say that for sure because we're still in it, but it's four years.
0: I can just safely. After. I think a good way of looking at it is no one else is going to make a better this kind of game right. taking advantage of the Wii's and they, controls. And I'm pretty
1: sure they've been in, in as much said. They're like, because <clears throat> they're like, why'd you pick the Wii? And they're like, as soon as we saw the Wii, we knew we wanted to do something for it.
0: That blows my mind.
1: But to me it says like... blows my mind. It, to me it says like, you know, they Foresight. all have like a sit down and they have a discussion and they're like, what are we going to do as a company? There's only three of us. I don't know. <laughs> right. I think supposedly, uh, it, supposedly, it like estimates 15. are are the company is upwards of 30 people. But that's the entire company, probably including I don't know. A sits wife. at the front, right? And like mail room. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who else is employed. They're marketing people or whatever. People. I don't understand Japanese us. business structure.
0: Trent, yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I
1: do. So like the core team, and they're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a game for the sy- this system, whatever. And we're going to study this system to make the best game that we think we can make for this system. Yeah. I don't think that's the wrong possibility.
0: But what's really interesting to me is that with the exception of Gradius 5 where they worked with another company yeah, um, most of their games uh, come out for systems that are not popular. Or oh, yeah. are dying because they're unpopular. In my eyes. Not necessarily dying because they've reached their technical limits but dying because they're
1: they're dying because no one's buying it
0: yeah and it's not that way for Senate Punishment too at all like the Wii's the most popular aside from the DS system
1: I think that was more of just money the fact that it was on the original was on 64 maybe could be yeah and they were just like
2: well
1: I guess it, it, it may have been a situation where someone was like N- we should put it on the PS3 look at what that system can do and graphically or whatever and they thought, well, I don't really think we should anger Nintendo. And
2: right. for
1: the type of game it is, those motion controls are probably the best thing. And
0: Nintendo will give us money to make it. Yeah. And um lend us some
1: Yeah. Manpower. Yeah. But everyone's talking about that. That's the hot news.
0: Man, I you know, this is this is like one of those games this along with Bayonetta and Vanquish are uh the kind of game that I want to purchase multiple copies of because that's (laughs) the only way that I can express my love for them and my love for the companies and my appreciation for the companies other than to devoting other than devoting you know 20 minutes on a podcast
1: Is uh, was it the lake one? No, that was, what was that, uh, that was f- pond. pond. Yeah, coma. Coma was. Coma is a. The only way I can feel like I can describe it best is it reminded me a oh, lot. I played coma. I like of, that. um, oh god, what's that fucking game called? Axel and Pixel.
0: It's made me want to play Axel and Pixel. Is that what a that was lot. called? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's really not like that game at all.
0: Hate adventure games, but I like that game.
1: It's really not that game at all, but it's quirky, like twisted style, I guess. I guess it evoked a feeling like that game did. Um, Coma is a short flash game. It's a platformer where you navigate with the WASD, and you can use the mouse really only to uh, click on speech choices that come up in the world, and it's a I guess you'd call it open world, but it's a 15-minute open world game. Like you traverse back and forth through areas, and you have a pet bird, and the bird factors in a little bit in some places because the bird can grab like a can grab a light, and hold the light, and like you navigate these dark tunnels, where the bird's like illuminating a very small portion of it. So like, there's parts where you have to jump up these roots. And the fact that you can only see part of them is like... You can jump and maybe you miss it. Or you run by it. You're like, oh wait. I jump here. And then I think I jump here. And I think I jump here. And like you just kind of have to figure it out as you go. Kind of looks like Limbo in some parts. I haven't played Limbo yet, it's but I've watched of. it. Yeah. Because there's like an underground area that's like the gray on top of gray on top of gray. Um, the art style... The only thing I can think of is like... It's kind of a Tim Burton look. But it's not 3D. It's It's drawn yeah and I don't know. It's a neat little adventure. I liked it a lot. It's like we talked about love last week. It's a game that does in fifteen minutes what other games try in ten, twelve hours and don't succeed at all. yeah um, and it's, I mean, it's not really ruining anything, but basically it's called coma because assumedly you are in a coma, and this like f- twisted world you're in is what is is your brain and you have to solve the mystery of your brain to get out of the coma. Like, at the end, you unlock this, like, secret basement, and as you go into the basement, everything looks like it's made of, like, membranes and, like, organs, and looks like you're inside of a body all of a sudden. So it's sort of like you're escaping into your own brain and then back into consciousness. Interesting. So it's an interesting little story. Sure. That's not, you know... That's cool. Surfing a train in the Himalayas. I couldn't play it. It's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little dense. Like it's no, I it's, a, figure it out. it's a game that's like, go talk to this thing, and you're like, I have no idea where that is. I'm
0: incapable of figuring out adventure games, which is part of the. And reason that's I why don't it reminded like me of
1: Axel and Pixel because it was sort of like a, it's like a, it's almost like a nonsense solution. Where it's like right, I have yeah. this thing, and it's like, oh, you use the, the fish hook, to pull down that lever, and like, I didn't even know I could pull that lever down. Right. It's like we well, didn't have the fish hook. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Great, right, that makes like, sense. That's your logic working here. What was the? Uh, Axel Pixel and uh, reminded me of that game Machinarium too. What was
0: the older, starts with an S, adventure type game? Looks a lot like Axel. Oh, Samorost. Yeah, I like that though. Actually, for some reason, I think the the art
1: style is probably most because it's just so weird looking. That is true, but
0: both Samorost, is that what it's called, and Axel and Pixel, they both had the feature, if you want to call it that, of uh, the mouse or the cursor. Yeah. Uh, changing yeah over things you could interact see, with see if
1: if if coma, coma i didn't think did no because you don't the, the mouse only factors in like people talk to you right and that's that's the only time you use the mouse which right. is weird okay. cuz he could made it i don't remember his name unfortunately but the coma it's on um if it's not on new grounds it's on congregate i don't remember which it might be on both now uh it's like a thing it's like you didn't even have to make it a mouse control right but i don't know why he did but Um, that's beside the point but I would I mean go play it's free it takes maybe 15 minutes maybe 20 if you're having troubles Pond, up until the end where I died. Did you play it all the way through?
0: No, I hated it. Did you know what happens at the end? No. You don't know the gimmick? I no idea. Nope.
1: Oh, so Pond is a game that looks like um, King's Quest, like three. Yeah. It's like a PC game from 1992. <laughs> it looks a lot like King's Quest. It's a Quest dense. Three. That's it's, really it's funny. A, it's a dense pixel detail. Right. But they're big pixels. That's really. So it's funny. not like uh, Fault Line, where it's a fine pixel detail. It's like just big fat pixels. And the guy looks like it looks objectively terrible, right? But they're obviously trying to affect some kind of mood with it. And basically, the basic gameplay is you press the space bar for the guy to inhale, and uh, as you enter screens, these little motes of light appear on screen. And as you hold down space bar, he begins to inhale them in. And the idea is you hold it down long enough for him to breathe them all in, and then you let go space right. bar, and he exhales. And up front, the game says if you'd like to try it from a more relaxing experience, breathe with the character. So, as he's walking through like a park scene, let's say he inhales like two motes of light. So, it's a short breath. And then mm-hmm. three and four. And then every screen gets further until it's like six to where you're like holding your breath mm-hmm. for an almost inordinate amount of time.
0: But it's just a suggestion.
1: Right. I did it just to be like, okay, sure. I'll play your little game here, and, and it's part of it, right? I guess you're trying to do something.
0: Yeah, it's
1: part of did it. Did you even get to the pond? No, so you I literally th- played the game so for about 20 seconds pond. and turned it off. Wait, so you get to the pond <laughs> and there's like eight motes of light, and you're like, really? Like, is this like a joke? Where I'm just gonna like hold my breath because whoever made this is like a joker or whatever? Okay, I see where this is going. You hold the, you hold it in, and right. he, like he exhales. And all of a sudden, the screen, like, flashes white and red, and this gigantic squid comes out of the pond Mm -hmm. and, like, grabs you. Okay. And these two, like, life bars appear on the screen, and the music all switches entirely. Before it was, like, this lilting guitar, like, spa music, and now it's, like, Genesis fight music. (laughs) Spa music? Spa. Yeah. That's really funny. You know, like, just relaxing, like, ambient guitar plucking. The squid grabs you, and it's like, life bars. It's like, squid, you! And you basically... I don't know how you're supposedly fighting him, but it's just like, hammer on the space bar to fight! Right. And you're just like, I don't know what you're doing, you're just like wriggling in his like tentacle hand. Right. And I died. But supposedly you can beat it, and all that happens is the guy goes back home and turns on TV and like falls asleep in front of the television.
0: So what... Oh, point... and it
1: ends with a quote. It ends with Roger Ebert's quote: "I could be, but I could be wrong." About like games being art. <laughs> that's interesting. His like, did you read that thing where he's yeah. like, again, the... it was like, but I could be wrong.
0: How a cocky man apologizes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That and that's it. That's pond. Well, I, like I it thought more it was kind of funny.
0: I like it more for the the end quote.
1: I thought it was kind of funny because it's like
0: I thought they would do something it, actually. It went the
1: asshole like Zen route, and then it's like, no, you're gonna fight a giant squid. That is. that funny. makes no sense. I thought,
0: I mean, as soon as I understood the mechanic of the breathing in, yeah, I thought he was going to drown and you would be forced <laughs> to sort of like see what it's like to drown or uh, struggle with breath yeah. in the pond. That's yeah. just what I assumed. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go, I'm not going to play that game. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to.
1: Uh, and then I played a game like we meant, I mentioned before called Lumi, L-U-M-I on uh, Xbox Indie Games.
0: That's a good service.
1: Lumi, uh, I didn't buy it because it's five dollars but it's probably worth the five dollars if it were an arcade title I would have already bought it by now the fact that it's indie and that whole like yeah I don't really own it and I can't play it unless i right. signed in shit yeah um, is it out on Steam? I don't know that's a good question for
0: some reason I thought I saw that it was not just an Xbox Live indie game that's a good question
1: <laughs> Lumi reminds me of um that game Astall for the Saturn. Yeah. And that's only in art style. It just has like a really lush forested look to it. Um But in a lot of ways it reminds me of like a, an early 2D Saturn game or even like a Genesis game. The basic mechanic in Lumi, as you could probably guess from the the name of the game, is light restoring light to darkened areas. Uh, the the mechanic of it though actually is like you're a little, I don't know what you are. You look like a star, but you're not. You're just like a little golden puffball thing. And the whole art style of the game is hand drawn and very painterly and it looks really good for something on indie games because you're used to like you know, crap, basically. Right. And what the what Lumi can do, I'm assuming that's his name, I don't they'd never really set it up otherwise, but what you can do is in the game world there are How do you wanna phrase that? Like swirls of red and blue light. And if you hold the left trigger, or you and you can jump. If you jump toward the red the red mode of light and you hold L, you orbit it. Like you suck toward it and you orbit around it. Okay. And depending on which direction you approach, depends on your orbit direction, but there's like a little outline arrow that's pointing the direction you're going. Okay. So like you can gauge when to let go. And the blue is you hold down the right trigger. Okay. And there's an additional mechanic of... The blue charge repels from red. And vice versa. So, like, let's say you're on the ground and you have to get to the to this cliff. And there's a red and then a blue. So you jump to the red and you hold left and you start spinning. Mm-hmm. And once you're confident that you're going to let go at the right time when the arrow is pointing the right direction, you immediately let go of the left trigger and push the right. So he... Pushes away from the red with extra force uh-huh. and propels himself toward the blue, and then begins spinning around the blue. And then, if the blue is far so far from the cliff edge that you need to have that extra boost, uh-huh. you hit L again at the right time, and he kind of you know rockets away from the red or from the blue mode.
0: Have you ever seen Donkey Kong King of Swing? Nope.
1: Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see if God, it's the I same game, so, but I can't remember now. I know I've seen it, but I don't think I ever played it. Was it with the drums?
0: No, it's... Uh, oh,
1: no, I did see that, but I never played it.
0: Yeah, you only use the L and R, and it, you navigate the world. Although, it's not really the same, because the world, to me, in DK King of Swing, sounds more like, looks more like the uh, the Special Worlds from, like, Sonic 1. Oh, really? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. In that the world's rotating, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Where this? I've oh seen the yeah, I did
1: see that. I know. Now that you said that, the world like rotates. Now, yeah. I remember. But nav-
0: navigation-wise, it sounds sounds somewhat comparable. But yeah, I, I saw this, and this looked like the world is very stationary, obviously.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's 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 laid out like a typical platform. It's just your mode of transportation as you sort of attract to these things. And then I only played as far as the the introductory level, and then the level after that, because okay. the, the demos are timed. And the basic mechanic. Like the it seems like the meat and potatoes of the game is basically collecting these little light motes that you then feed into trees mm-hmm. that are stationed around and once you feed a certain number of the in, and it's different for every tree the tree like turns on and, and brightens up that mm-hmm. part of the world because there's some sort of force that's come in that's True. dark darken the planet and that's it but it's just really well put together and the music's pretty is is good and the graphics are really good and it's it's a 400 point game and it's probably worth every dollar of that just just on the wrong service for me to give my five dollars yeah. to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I said, only shmups are really forcing me to, and, to like, download. And the cover that.
1: looks really good and the menus aren't shitty and. Yeah, that's really important. Like it's no, it's a, it's a really good package and I don't remember <sighs> failure to look up the name of the person or team who did it but it's one of those like it's one of those few indie games that you just sort of scratch your head and go why is this not a real arcade release
0: maybe someone's listening to this and will realize that they shouldn't put games yeah. out on Xbox Live indie services because there are people like us who refuse to download them yeah. because of the draconian that and like draconian DRM is a very stupid meme and i almost used it <laughs> it's a very very stupid people like
1: that word draconian
0: because it's so smart same with for no. all intents and purposes that's another video game language grouping that's fucking memeing its way into my brain that I think I even said you once said earlier you in said
1: purposes right? Intense. not intensive purposes? no no not, uh, which is what some people seem to think it is that's even
0: worse no <laughs> correct <laughs> it's bad enough incorrect it's, it's 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 unbearable
1: in and of itself is something I see used a lot in and of itself in, I use that pr- I think like I really used... but, but inappropriately I don't mind saying it because I know I'm using it correctly. Yeah. Some people don't. No. They mean are they, just using... they use it when they mean to single something out. Like, for all intents and purposes, the music in Alan Wake is really good. Right. It makes no sense. makes I no know. sense. I think people are having a
0: more and more difficult time to bridge their ideas together because they're so... <laughs> fractured. <laughs> fractured from the internet, you know what I mean? And yeah. so there's ideas out there... But the people don't know how to... I mean, I I say this because I find myself facing the same thing. The more I focus on fractured information on the internet, the more difficult it is for me to put together sentences that make sense. Yep. You know? So, like, I found it particularly... or We both have found it particularly offensive on video game sites, and forums in the community. Yeah. It's like, I, 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 I don't know if I updated my Twitter or my Facebook, or something, and... and <laughs> you don't even remember what you put knows, the man. information to. I don't even <laughs> remember. It doesn't, doesn't even matter who no one's reading, it. that's the <laughs> irony behind it all. Um, yeah, I, I remember I said something like... I realized this a couple months ago. I was like, the video games industry has totally corrupted my internal lexicon. And if you think about it that way, I don't want to sound like these people. <laughs> so you have to remove yourself from all those people because
1: man, it's hard enough to write for my blog, which is something I know about. That's right. Enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: who knows, <laughs> man?
1: So the last, um, make sure. Oh, um, Pixin Rush for the iPhone is a game that I bought. That
2: neither of us know who made it or if it's thing- legal.
1: Well, I know who made it. <laughs> Apparently, it's not uh, Arcado. That's what I thought. But they like uh, stole it. Or, Thanks uh, to Robert Ashley for pointing that game out. <laughs> Pix and Rush on the iPhone um, <laughs> by, I don't know what, Pasta Games and Pix and Love, whoever that is, um, is a platformer that features the cat character from the arcade game Pixel, which is. Crazy. And uh, basically all it is is a timed. You can unlock an infinite mode replay forever. It's a timed platform run where you collect... The world is populated with little circular plus icons and circular minus icons. So you already you know get the plus, avoid the minus. Mm-hmm. It just adds to a point score. Um, and then there are...
0: Oh, that's really funny, man.
1: Why is that? Um...
0: You can edit this if you want. I always wanted to make a... <laughs> where you had to a sort of like each meter at the top of the game oh by collecting two charged yeah and the whole process of going through the level the whole game was basically centered around where the were placed in the okay mm-hmm. so that you had to manage not only for
1: That's interesting. really interesting. Yeah. That is, because it's it's one of those things where the depth of it, the more you play it, you're like... <laughs> so, just uh, to introduce a small this discussion, um, there's a thread on the gaff, as the kids call it, asking uh, a pretty interesting question, I think, considering... I think it's interesting this time around, as opposed to, let's say, the last generation, because this generation either are I don't think it is yet but it will be the longest I think yet between hardware cycles. Yeah. So the question was what do you feel and I and of course games being what they are and any sort of growing industry being what it is. Games are in a different place now than they ever have been. I would say I guess the biggest the most comfortable thing you could say is Maybe this is like the game before the game crash in the 80s. I don't know because I was born during it. Right. But from what I know about that period of time, and from what I know now, the situation seemed relatively similar. Sure. Basically, a lot of people with a lot of hands and a lot of things. Yeah. And not enough money to go around for all those things to be purchased. So the question was, what game do you feel is the most representative of this generation? Not. What do you think the best game of this generation is? <laughs> Not, what is your favorite game of this generation? <laughs> the question was, what do you think is the most representative game of this generation? What game exemplifies this generation more than any other? That's it. I, I don't know any other way to explain that, because I feel like it's pretty cut and dry. Sure. Apparently most people can't read correctly, though. Don't have it. Whatever. Um so I'm curious what was the so response in so this, in this thread and I haven't checked it in a couple days and I'm, there's probably a lot more because like anything on GAF, like you said it moves at the speed of light but after the first three pages the overwhelming responses seem to be Super Mario Galaxy 1 2 was in there a couple of times Uncharted 2 and Demon Souls weirdly enough was in there a lot most inappropriately um, Demon Souls and I don't know if those were literally the majority, but they stood out, and they repeated a lot more than I thought any of them would, with maybe the exception of Uncharted 2. Right. Like I can see why people would say that, I don't agree with it. My answer was Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. And the reasons that I said this were, one, it's a first person shooter, which is the most popular genre today right, in this generation obviously so there's that two it's a modern war shooter World War 2 is kind of was kind of done at the turn of this generation right on it's way out at least right three it's introduced the persistent online experience for something other than a massive online game two consoles two consoles as well with the perks and the levels and the unlocks and prestiging and all that at a time when
0: online has
1: become, or is
0: the calling card for this generation.
1: Also, at a time where most game, where almost, almost every game has some kind of persistence to it now, right. whether it's a, a simple leveling structure or you gain abilities like perks or any combination thereof. I mean, <clears throat> there are even games that are downloadable that have these systems. Like, that Blacklight Tango game is basically based on all of those persistent ideas. Right. Um, And then the other thing I suggested was that it was... Maybe not the first, but I can see it as being the, the start of the trend of these, like, air quote, big Hollywood type games. Right. Where there's a lot of hype around it, and it's pitched to the widest audience possible and even the game itself is sort of staged with that hyper-real Hollywood blockbuster summer movie. Which
0: is one of the only reasons that I would consider Uncharted 2 to be possibly sure. represented. Those,
1: Those were like the four big things that I thought made it obvious.
0: I would say also because it's like testosterone fueled male aggression reflective of our current political state in the world. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's very yeah. reflective of the youth yeah. who are the ones playing the game.
1: Oh, the other thing that I suggest and world. this is a little tenuous, but <clears throat> it it didn't introduce and it obviously isn't the first in the series, given the fact that it's Call of Duty four. But I feel like it started the idea of this like we talked about a little bit ago, the platform idea of building a brand that is iterative rather than uh, a brand that is not, I guess. Right. Just what I mean, like, when I tried to explain in the thread was like, even last generation being PS2 and Xbox and all that, there would be sequels. Mechanics in the sequel were radically different than those of the game before it. Right? Right. Or at least different enough for you to be like these are kind of two different experiences. Mm-hmm. But now it's to the point where games are just iterating on small ideas. Right. Modern Warfare 2 is not that different from 1. Barely marginally so. It's a refinement, sure. The entire but it's, western market's super iterative. The platform idea didn't work out so well with Modern Warfare in light of these, the, you know, Infinity Ward crumbling and all this stuff. But the idea was there for them to for there to be a Modern Warfare 3, for there to be like this brand that people would carry with them which has permeated into other more I guess mostly Activision things but the idea is still there that people that companies want to build that like the platform idea like Assassin's Creed there's the first one the sequel the two PSP games now the Bloodlines game which isn't a sequel but it's a full game but it's not a sequel, and, like, nothing's really different except for the... Multi- you know what I mean? It's like...
0: Yeah, no, it's it's, it's what uh, Square tried to do with Final Fantasy 13, but it's doing it well. Sure. I mean, you remember? They yeah. They tried to base, like, five different properties. Sure. Four of which haven't come out yet, all around Final Fantasy 13. Yeah.
1: No, that's definitely it. So I feel like those things are what <clears throat> make that game the most rep- representative of this generation. And I guess you could pick two over Modern Warfare 1... It's kind of, like you said, it's kind of the same game. I just picked the first one because it was the first one. It introduced those ideas. Or made them popular. If not introduced them. Most people didn't seem to get that.
0: Yeah, actually, the uh, degree to which they didn't understand it is ridiculous. Appalling, shocking, upsetting.
1: Into ruffle feathers, I put in the post, anybody who says anything other than this their opinion is that it's a biased opinion.
0: I don't disagree at all. I don't think there is another answer for this. And I I feel Literally. like I can
1: safely say that at least because I've <clears throat> never played Modern Warfare 1. I've never even had it in my Xbox. Never played a second of that game. Right. And I feel confident that that is the right answer. I know enough about it, I feel like, sure, to say that. So I can't be biased. I don't want that. Like I don't Want that to be the answer? It just is the answer, you know. Like right. I have no <clears throat> investment. I didn't buy right. the game. I'm not justifying my sixty dollars. Sure. I don't like. I don't work for Activision. I don't care. If the answer was you Sin and Punishment s- Two. It would be Sin and Punishment Two. Right. But children being what they are, and me being an idiot for trying to interact with children, this is what I get. It's like people just being like. Oh, you don't understand. Or whatever. You know, you don't like Demon's Souls? You're an idiot. Because that's what you're You're obviously biased.
0: You're obviously saying you don't like Demon's Souls. Obviously.
1: obviously. Even though I went on to say, I think Demon's Souls is a great game. Never played it. But I feel confident in saying it's a really good game. I'd like to someday. But I don't see how a game that is... By its own developers and by people who have reviewed it, is based on game concepts almost as old as I am. Right to be successful in this industry because it's it's been so long since a game like that has existed and been good. Right. That it's novel again. That's not representative of this generation. No, it's it's representative opposite. of 1985. Right, exactly. So, whatever. But So there's that. That question. Then you raise a more interesting question. With
0: its very limited possible limited possibilities of responses. Um, raised another question, which was what game do we think is sort of the antithesis of this generation? The game which least represents this generation. Right.
1: Which is how I didn't view it at first, because I was I thought, so am I thinking of games that are bad? Am I thinking of games... Right. like what, what am I thinking of? And then it came to me it's like, so I guess I need to figure out what game is the opposite of Call of Duty 4? Pretty much. And I haven't gotten. I still haven't. Unfortunately, like there's been games running through my head, and I don't know if they're right because they're more like a Demon Souls where it's they're just, they're more indicative of a past generation. Okay. So then I started trying to think, what game is not representative of this generation but is still something new? Sure. And I, the only thing I can think of is like, maybe Geometry Wars Two. But
0: But that's representative of... But it is pretty representative. It's
1: just an intelligent answer in that thread. Because I thought... I said, yeah, that is it. Because twin-stick shooters got huge again. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Downloadable titles are like the cool thing again. Or or the cool thing now. Smart answer. But it is something new. And it is a less popular thing than the testosterone-fueled first-person shooter.
0: So what game is a... So
1: then an easy answer would be like... I don't know, because any answer I think of is... Like Death Smiles, but Death Smiles is just an old style, it's an older style of game.
0: So, what game, what's the most estrogen filled game you can think of from this
1: generation? (laughs) Um, without being like literal, like imagine babies, right? Um, it's very figurative. Like, I don't know, get like Mirror's Edge. (laughs)
0: <laughs> totally mirrors Edge. It's totally mirrors Edge. Everything about Mirror's Edge is so feminine. It's, it's one of the most feminine games ever. The lead is a feminine. You're trying to rescue your sister. Yeah, which is a dynamic that brothers, men, cannot possibly understand or have. Yeah, they have no relation to that. They they cannot. Understand they can't. It.
1: They can't operate in a way that lets that informs them of how two sisters. Right. Interact. They only have So brother, the weight
0: sister. of the, the 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 weight of the thing that's driving you through the game is something that most males can't even understand. Yeah. Okay. Um, the game itself is particularly non-violent. And sure. you know, it throughout most
1: of the it rewards game you it, via an achievement for being non-violent. For being non-violent. Um,
0: if you listen to the theme song, which is you may argue that this is kind of an aside to the actual game and shouldn't be Considered or talked about, blah blah. I, I disagree. I think this is one of those games where the, every aspect of the game's design, from the lyrics to the song, the lyrics yeah, to the theme song. I was gonna say,
1: if you're someone who disconnects that song from the game, I, I don't want to be that guy. But like, man, just, you know you're not getting it. Yeah, you're like, not getting it. You're not, not getting. getting it. And when I the melody saying, from man. that song appears in the game yeah. multiple times, in a way to... Like I, I know, I said this when I talked about it. Like, weave a thematic musical yep. idea, and the woman, the the person singing the song is a woman, is a woman for a reason, right? Like, it has to be for a reason. It is. You, yeah. She's giving voice to Faith's journey. Yeah, you can't have a man do that. And what what else is really interesting is, and this
0: may be this may be uh, stretching or reaching, but what would otherwise be considered a really Futuristic, clean, almost like optimized future mm-hmm. is viewed as is viewed uh, by her as like frightening and terrifying, right? And unnatural and inhuman, mm-hmm. and like that's reflected in the way she in what she says in the song itself.
1: Yeah. Like, did you ever look up the lyrics to the song? I never looked them up, but I've heard the song enough times to to probably know Me the majority that's, of them.
0: Yeah. So I mean the basic thing or the basic thing she's trying to express throughout the song is that the city is so sterile it's lost all of its life mm-hmm. even though it's even even though its life was ugly yeah and there were ugly aspects of it that is what life is that is how she defines life whatever um that outlook on the city and on cleanliness and order is particularly feminine to me you may or may not take it that way but personally I think the drive for order is a very masculine drive
1: I the more what I took more out of that song and then I mean you're not wrong but I guess I've never looked at the the lyrics written out yeah but I'm just from what I remember of that song and how she sings it is that like Faith because I mean I've always taken it that the song is basically Faith singing uh-huh. Or, you know, giving voice to what Faith feels. Yeah. Is that Faith does not feel like she has a place anywhere in this world. And there's, like, a weird... It's sort of an empowerment thing, like a women's empowerment thing. Like, I'm still alive. I'm still here. Yeah. I'm around. I'm strong. But it's an, it's it comes from a place of... I don't know where to go. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. But I'll figure it out kind of thing, I guess. And that's more cerebral than, like, I'll just shoot everything I see. Right. Until there are no things left to shoot. That's true. Ergo, nothing can shoot me after that. You know? Like it's, yeah. It's not destructive, I guess, is, if to sum it up. It's right. not a destructive game at all.
0: I also found it really interesting that there was never, like, not even the slightest hint of possibility of a relationship between faith and her boss, or mm-hmm. her... I forget his name. I don't remember either, unfortunately. But her um, her guide, basically. Yeah. Like, it was never even hinted. It was never hinted that they had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Or that one was possible in the future. And actually, were, like,
1: if you remember correctly, the antagonist guy, Runner, yeah. is an ex-boyfriend. Right. So then, it's like you're setting up a woman protagonist against a right. male antagonist. Exactly. Which is another, like... I guess men can't understand that.
0: Yeah. And I want to say something like most of the characters that you fought were men. But the yeah. one that betrays you is a woman. Yeah. So I don't know if that says more or less about the feminine nature of the story. I actually asked someone this original question, and their answer was Panetta.
1: The most representative of this yeah. generation? I don't think so. No. Who'd you ask? Katie. Man, I don't know. I, I don't, don't think so. I don't know. No. Because there's just too many... There's too many things about it that are outside of the norm mainstream.
0: I, I might... Oh, another game. Um, I'm, I hate to jump off that. That was, that was uh... before I forget. Final Fantasy Thirteen was the other one that I was going to say is possibly the least oh, representative. Oh, yeah, of this I did
1: for a minute. I, I I kept trying to I kept trying not to just think of games from this year. Yeah, because anytime you do like a yeah, what's the most least, you're always just sort of like Darksiders, of it. Darksiders, or something that was like this year, right? Right. Recency effect. But I actually did think I was like like maybe Resonance of Fate. Like right. a Japanese RPG that's just yeah. so imbued with rules and weird mechanics. It might even
0: be—I mean, it's probably in that case. You're right; it's probably more resonance of Fate than Final Fantasy 13, because Final Fantasy 13 is, you know, admittedly attempting to be a more Western game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the more—but yeah, I don't know I
1: enough. I don't know enough about the JRPG scene to really comment what else there could be. There could I mean, be an RPG be out there that's like
0: way more Demon Souls. I mean, not, not to rag on the original thing, yeah. the original posters of that and the gaff thread, but yeah, that's maybe the most opposite or antagonistic to this generation. <laughs> game
1: that I know. I guess. Or I, can I guess it depends it. on what you... I think Mirror's Edge is the, be, is the best answer because it sure. does something new. So do I, because I <clears> thought of it. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> But it does... I was trying to think of something new that just no one else picked up on. Right. And that's definitely a game that's like, yeah, well, no one really followed in that those footsteps at all.
0: That's why I think it's going to be super interesting, and that's why both of us have expressed such concerns about the sequel to Mirror's Edge, which is undoubtedly going to come around.
1: Well, like we said for Alan Wake, the shifting perspectives of all of the elements in that game, when they keep, you know, when all the planets align every yeah. couple of every couple times in that game, Mirror's Edge kind of started, did that at the beginning, and then didn't ever waver. Yeah. There's no part of that game where I was like, things are just falling apart. The music right. doesn't fit. The stage is terrible. S- no, there's just no part of that game that you're just like, there's something bringing this down. You're right. It's so there's a- that perfect <laughs> like, perfect thing about that game. And from it's from start like, to
0: finish, it's perfect. Yeah,
1: there are there are problems with it, but in terms of what, in terms of why, you and I both like that game so much, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And it's like. Well if they ruined Crackdown, it'd be a lot easier to ruin Mirror's Edge. Like it wouldn't be that hard to just ruin that formula. And that's oh why it's so God. that's why it's so concerning.
0: What is there to look forward to?
1: <laughs> if you can Jesus, take if you can ruin Crackdown.
0: <laughs> Mirror's Edge one. Most feminine game ever. Least representative of this generation. Modern Warfare 2. Most representative.
2: Robot! To find out more about Podcast 1980X, please direct your web browser to wwwpodcast 1980 xcom Thanks for listening.
0: (laughs) Yeah Robot.